0: Hey folks, welcome to Haggis Hunting, where we do a deep dive on a particular topic of interest in the Highlandware and Celtic Gaelic culture community. I'm Eric. I'm Rocky.
1: And I'm Allie.
0: And Allie is here as our special guest. We are going today to talk about being an entrepreneur and an independent creator in this community, in this world, and what we all do to make it work for us. Yep. For those who do not know
2: who you are. You are Allie the Piper, where can they find out about you?
1: I have indeed heard that I am Allie the Piper, uh, to be confirmed. Um, but I am on the social medias, uh, the various different platforms. Piper.Allie, A-L-L-Y is my name. Piper is the title. Um, and yeah, I make bagpipe content cool. on the social medias.
2: Nice. So you're on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, anywhere. Just look up
0: Piper Alley.
1: Anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are my main four. My, my quad cool
0: wouldn't bagpipe content just kind of be like hot damp air I mean, you mean literally <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: no not literally bagpipe content mm-hmm. um like not the contents of bagpipes god bagpipe okay. related okay. So no, content. no
0: mold none of that black lung
1: stuff oh no okay, oh man we okay. okay. could give that's a whole podcast episode right there honestly. maybe not <laughs> you know. maybe not
0: but you're you are a musician you've been doing this for how long
1: uh, I've been doing music since I was a teeny tiny human, mm-hmm. um, but I've been doing social media content creation and music professionally through that since 2020.
0: Okay. So you're right in the zone of, of like what's happening with um, the current media world and what you have to do. I mean, we've been doing our stuff for eight years. Yeah. Like and so we've had, to, we've had to retool what we do and change what we do yeah. frequently. Mm-hmm. But you kind of just hit the ground running. You're like, you're of that generation. Where, you know, I'm a cusper. A cusper.
1: I'm a cusper, please. <laughs> I am a. I am on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't think I know that term. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, hmm. oh, we okay. call it a Zillennial.
0: Zillennial. I've heard that. Yeah. That I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But not cusper.
1: Cusper. <laughs> cusper
0: sounds like you're working in like a, a chicken farm in Georgia. Like, you know. Right. Yeah. i got to send this over total. to the cuspers. Here. Get you know, this it's, out before pretty morning. similar, too.
1: Okay. In, in definition to that. Yeah, because so. social
0: media is kind of like plucking chickens. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair. So, with that said, since we're already joking about it, what do you guys think about social media in the macro? Is it does it do more harm than good? And if there, uh, if there are good things to it, what are they? And if there are bad things to it, what are they? And how does it all come out in the wash? Sure. I think it. Uh, what I've noticed is it.
2: it exposes who you are there's a lot more keyboard warrior types you're thinking more about your yourself and your interaction with the world versus the other side of the equation there's a lot of people who will say things on social media that they wouldn't say in real life mm-hmm. um, so I think it exposes negativity in that way but on the other side of it there's a lot of good that comes out of technology you know building communities you know supporting each other there's a lot of Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not Patreon, but when you know you have a GoFundMe kind of thing, you know, for people with who have special Mm -hmm. needs or someone you know just been a horrible accident or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's there's good and bad, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: I I agree. I think um, a lot of the issues with social media stem from not social media itself, but from human nature. Um, And just you know, it's a tool. It's a tool that we can use, and and some people use it for the bad. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that wouldn't happen if social media didn't exist. I, th- I think it would probably still happen in other forms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about um, bullying and and cyberbullying, but bullying existed before cyberbullying existed existed. Mm-hmm. So even though it transforms over to social media, it doesn't change the source of the issue, which is people. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's your whether it's technology or not. You're you're always fighting human nature. So yeah. just like anything, technology can be used for good or bad. And social media is a, a part of technology. So it's you know, it's fighting human nature is the difficult part.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, there there are ways to regulate it. I mean, I think a nice thing about social media since I do it full time and I'm always exposed to it is I can turn on comment filters. I can block people and send them away. Um, like there are some things that I have the ability to do that social media grants me in terms of protecting myself um mm. but it also grants people the right to you know kind of what you were saying keyboard warriors It just gives people access t- directly to everyone all the time and i think that that i think where it becomes a slippery slope
0: or the assumption that they have access or, sh- mm. or have a right to have access yeah. to people all the time yeah i think that, I think that's definitely an issue um as we've gone on with, with doing it we the questions that we've got have you know first they started off as basically like well how do you put on kilt hose you know and now sometimes they get more personal you know and, and we don't shy from that to a degree because we're trying to talk about boosting a lifestyle with this stuff but at the same time I think you you have to have some boundaries mm-hmm. right so I would assume that there's stuff that you don't talk about that people still insist on asking about mm-hmm. you just have to constantly shove it to the side right
1: yeah uh, being um, I guess at uh, full content creator influencer um people are not shy about asking questions Mm. (laughs) um they'll ask you absolutely anything and everything and and feel entitled to knowing that knowledge um but it is ultimately up to to you as the creator or the personality who they're trying to get information from whether or not you want to share it so um people ask me a lot if i have like advice for people who are trying to get into content creation and things like that and it's Know your boundaries before you start Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. adhere to those forever Um, because that's how things start to go south and it starts to take over your life in a negative way when you get fully sucked into the internet.
0: I think that's key. I think it is. Really. Um, So let me me throw two negative words at you guys and see how you react. Mm -hmm. Number one, is social media turning people into narcissists and therefore are we capitalizing on that as creators? Number two, are we gaining our livelihoods via echo chambers. Are we parasites? (laughs) I think people already,
2: back to my previous point, people are narcissistic to a degree and social media will just expose what you already are. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have those kind of tendencies, you will tend to lean into them, you know, through echo chambers and sort of, you know, going through it. Mm -hmm. If you're less, if you are grounded, if you have people around you, who help to ground you, then there's less of a chance of that. Um, if if I ever got uppity about, you know, the th- stuff that we do, my wife would drag me back down to Earth immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not as concerned
0: about that. Are you ta- now? Are you talking from the creator side or the user side? Both. But I mean, how do we deal with that as creators is kind of where I'm going mm-hmm. from? I mean, do you, do you worry that you are being a narcissist ever? Or do you feel like, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm a performer. Mm-hmm. Or do you worry that you are encouraging people to uh, be narcissistic with you or to, you know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I,
1: I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. think I what I'm interpreting, and, and you can correct me, is, um, or I guess what it kind of like sparks in my brain is more so like idealism and like... Mm-hmm. Um, creating a two-dimensional ver- or a one-dimensional version of yourself hmm. um okay. Okay. and uh, i'm trying to figure out how best to word this because words are not my forte i don't word you'll notice that i talk in maybe one out of every would 10 you, videos would
0: you rather some time out go write a tune about it
1: i would i would prefer to express my thoughts okay. in music okay. if okay. you don't mind okay. mm, um <laughs> in song here um so, but no um i think a lot of it is where it becomes social media is fake, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's got a filter on. Everybody's, you're only showing the good parts. And and that kind of, is that kind of what you're referencing in terms of narcissism? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of being selective and only showing the good parts as a creator and mm-hmm. only showing the positive things? Um, I can definitely see that. And I, my creator friends and I actually talk about this pretty regularly uh, <clears throat> in terms of like, sometimes I won't want to post a video because I didn't like how I looked in it. -hmm. And then I have to remind myself that that's not my pillar. My my Mm -hmm. my pillar is is the music. Did it sound good? Okay. Then I'm I'm gonna post it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, but I have to remind myself sometimes to not get sucked into that. Do
0: you worry then about? Do you get shallow creeper type comments about your appearance? Then I assume you do. Oh yeah 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 definitely. (laughs) I mean well maybe so maybe that's a maybe they would go away. (laughs) She doesn't look like my fantasy.
1: Well, no, (laughs) they they don't go away, Uh, unfortunately. Well, because we are our worst critics as human beings. Absolutely. So, I mean, even on my worst day, somebody Mm -hmm. might not think that that's bad. Um, Even on my best day, somebody might not think that that's great. You know what I mean? So it's all internalized. I might look the same on two different days and feel completely different Mm -hmm. about how I physically appear. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of appearance and things like that, I think. The people are always going to be there. Um, I, I deal with like the hyperfixation and over sexualization of, of my instrument and persona a lot. Um, and I am struggling a bit with how to like counteract it. Cause I don't want to look ugly.
2: I would honestly, the, what we're kind of toying around with is more behind the scenes type stuff where it's more just unfiltered. And this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And kind of letting it all hang out, so to speak, and not worrying so much about, well, I didn't look good from that angle, or the audio's not exactly right, or eh, I don't know if we should've like talked about this. That It's more just gonna be about recording and documenting our process of growing the company and of being mm. who we are on social media, at, at least. Mm. Um, and being a little bit more transparent, which I think, goes directly to the the against being narcissistic Mm -hmm. in some ways it's it's adding more to the pile so we're being more narcissistic in the other way it's we're not curating it as much Mm -hmm. and it's it's not the perfect angle with the perfect filter and the perfect phrasing of a thing it's more just doing what we do and then normalizing real
0: life versus normalizing fake life does that make sense? Yeah. I would, devil's advocate, um, you're you aren't you potentially eroding some boundaries by doing that? Yes and no. It's to her point earlier, and to what I've always
2: said it, it depends on what you want to put out there, what you want to give to people. So as long as you know what your hard stops are, what your hard boundaries are, mm-hmm. then no, I don't think you're you're compromising your your morals, your integrity, whatever. It's more just. Nope, I'm going to do this and talk about these things. And as long as you're thinking about it, and yep, I'm comfortable with that, that's fine. And there's also editing. So if it's, we put something out and it's like, yeah, I don't like the way this made us sound, this isn't who I actually am or something like that, then yeah, you can edit it. But Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: It's a balance. What about your chameleon?
1: What about my chameleon? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about any of this. What (laughs) What inspired
0: you to start doing content that? had your chameleon at though is it because people you got a sense of people just wanted to see what your daily life was like or is it because it started as a joke or
1: well i so this is kind of um what my my pillars and, and my whole content creation center is that it's my interest um mm-hmm. and okay. so i more or less make what i want to make and create what i want to create and then if people like it then they do And if they don't then they don't i do have ideas sometimes about what kind of things people are going to like more than others but that doesn't stop me from making the other content in between Um, for example the chameleon content does not take off people don't it just i don't it's not my niche it's not the algorithm like doesn't quantify me as like a chameleon creator so it never takes off but i like seeing him i like making content well, I put them together um so that's kind of i guess an example of just me incorporating my interests as a fully rounded human being into my platform so people weren't asking for it i mean i, I got the chameleon completely independently from social media you know but i love him and he is a, he is a hyper fixation of mine i'm obsessed with okay. him okay i have chameleon dreams every night like it, I, I don't, don't really well, That's a title right there Chameleon dreams No it, So title. I really yeah. It's the next album is going to be completely dedicated To the chameleon Um <laughs> Can you imagine
0: We do a cat no. badge We do a, a coat of arms for you With a chameleon on it Stop
1: Because yeah. that like Made me tear up a little Aww.
0: Because I love
1: chameleons <laughs> No For real-o. Um But that's my You know It's one of my personal interests It's something that I care about Something okay. that I like And I decided I would share that With the internet um, Doesn't mean it's my only interest But that's the reason that he's on there is not it wasn't necessarily a tactic okay. um, but I told myself when I started social media that if I wasn't doing things that I enjoyed then I should probably stop doing social media which... good point.
2: and the more you do things that you enjoy and just say I don't care what the consequence not consequences but I don't care what the audience audience wants to hear or doesn't want to hear these are the things I want to talk about this is my platform I'll do with it what I please mm-hmm. and the more the more enjoyment you will get out of it, and the more you will find, people will find you, you know, because, oh, well, I didn't know she, you know, talked about chameleons, and I happen to love chameleons, too. Or I didn't know she loved plants, and I'm a plantophile, or whatever a plant person is. Uh, botanist. Botanophile? I don't know.
1: I think it is plantophile. I think.
2: I'm making There's up There's another
0: words. word for it, but I can't remember what it is. But yeah. yeah. But point is, the more of those Houseplants things. Houseplants are really hot right
1: now. I, I am a houseplant girly. Yeah. But I the really more of those am. those things but, you resume yeah.
2: to. The more people will find it and then you will become known for those things versus trying to put on a a fake version of yourself just to appeal to a certain audience
1: definitely i think a misconception about social media and one of my misconceptions and it's obviously not true because it's turned into my career is that you do have to like only adhere to your niche Mm -hmm. um but the more you do broaden it the more it strengthens your inner community so it's not that i'll put a chameleon in my video and that's what's going to make the video go viral and get me to like this huge audience but what it's going to do is the people within my community already who also like reptiles they're going to appreciate no my it. content more even if it doesn't have to do with a chameleon next time because they're gonna be like oh that's allie piper she's out chameleon he's really cute um his name is basil <laughs> because they would know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's his name is Basil. Basil Atticus Cornelius. Um, <laughs> so.
0: Sounds very okay. Roman. Yes.
1: Yeah, he's very, he's um, regal, uh, definitely like royalty, okay. blood ties to royalty. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so, but <laughs> the people who like reptiles are going to think about that and like have that kind of buy-in and that connection with m- all of my content, even if it's not reptile related. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing on a
2: deeper level yeah
1: yeah the same kind of things happened with um i mean that's how i get to people in the first place i mean 90 percent of my audience they're not there because i play bagpipes they're there because i play metal and they like heavy metal music and i played it in a way and they enjoyed it and that's why they're there or maybe they like star wars and i had like the star wars content that i was creating and interjected bagpipes into that Um, and kind of like crossing into those different areas is how I've grown my platform to where it is not just playing tunes on the bagpipe all the time one way kind of taking your niche and what makes you unique and interjecting it into all these different communities and building from there the unifying thing is a bagpipe Mm -hmm. but that can be anything it can turn into any type of content
0: my my temptation then is to is to going to tangents along the lines of what you just said. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be <laughs> self-disciplined. I'm going to say, actually, funnily enough, this actually dovetails well with the the next uh, question I wanted to raise, which was um, how do you feel people can better f- connect on social media these days? I mean, how do people you, – you're finding an audience as a professional, um, and you're doing it by tapping into other fandoms and basically creating a fandom of you, of all these people who occupy other fandoms. Mm-hmm. But um, in the process of doing that, what have you learned? And this goes for you too. Uh, about Thanks. Um, yeah, sure. Um, just want you I'm feel here. Good. I might as well. Yeah, yeah thanks. Feel good. Um, finding a niche, finding a community, finding a tribe or building a tribe where one doesn't mm. exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, what have each of you witnessed in terms of that happening? What do you think is the good way to foster that? Do you have a Facebook group or a Discord server or
2: anything like that for your fans, for your community, for people who?
1: No. Dig you? No, I don't. Um, <clears throat> those are all things that I've put on the back burner. <laughs> it, the
2: the moderation of such things is mm-hmm. a Her- Herculean effort. Yeah, I would
1: hire a moderator. I yeah. can't take it uh, on.
2: <clears throat> yes and no. There's uh, we have uh, our Kilson Culture Group on Facebook mm-hmm. and. What we did was, when we started, we had a few people who we knew and trusted who loved our brand and loved us. You know, good customers, good friends who would protect the brand, so Mm -hmm. to speak, um, and kind of tap them to help us build the community. And then as it grew, more of those kind of rose to the top where it's like, hey, this guy and I have a lot in common. He seems like he's a pretty chill dude. So you start paying attention to them and how they're interacting. And if they're good stewards of the group, then you can tap them to be moderators and help with that Mm -hmm. um so we have a team of what six mods for the Uh knc group um who are spectacular individuals and we could not have the group without them um but it's but that's building a community from scratch and creating a, a space where where people can come together with a common interest whether that's a common interest of you as an individual or of like weird crossovers in music or of the bagpipes or of, you know, chameleons named Basil, like whatever, whatever that particular thing is, you have a a community dedicated to that. You set up rules around it saying, here's the things we're going to talk about. Here's how we're going to interact with each other. And you set the tone for how positive you want it to be Mm -hmm. and where the boundaries are. And then, you know, you just enforce those boundaries. And it's a, a good way in a positive way with social media to, foster a good uh, positive community versus you know the the vitriolic community
1: yeah i've been known to frequent my friends discord servers and wreak havoc good good chaos good chaos um <laughs> it's just that's what i do i just come in and am, am a nightmare um but but yeah i i can definitely see the the value in that and um you know having that space where everybody can communicate And the reason they're there is because you kind of brought them there and then they just get to be themselves in that space under the terms and guidelines that you set for kindness.
2: But Mm. it'll it'll extend and it will grow once you build something like that. It will grow to places where you don't even realize it could go and you're creating a community that you don't even realize what you're actually doing for people. One of our. Uh, one of our longtime customers and like super, super, super nice guy, Jeff Withnell just passed and his wife is in the group as well. They were peas in the pod. They came out to like all kinds of different events with us and stuff. Wonderful, wonderful people. And she said something in the group that he passed. And it's like, like I'm not trying to like gauge it in in terms of social media but it's a topic her post of his passing has stayed like at the top of the feed Mm -hmm. for the last week and a half of people showing support for her you know and and your condolences and that kind of stuff so it is you're you're actually affecting more people than you know in different ways than you know Mm -hmm. and that's the coolest part of it
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's nice that you have like the the avenue to go and actually see that in action Mm -hmm. which is really nice yeah
0: (laughs) let me ask you this do either of you think that it's possible to be a creator online now without having a community structure like that
1: yes because I don't have one
0: but are you are you no offense but are you shooting yourself in the foot by not having one or is there going to reach a point where it's just it becomes a necessity because you've reached kind of a point of critical mass or have you ever seen evidence that Either they have or they're going to your fans, like start creating one of their own, like a fan club. And then what do you do? Because you're not actually in right. control of it.
1: So I, I I don't really know the answer to that. I. I know that the community exists they're the, just the people who find my posts and my platform, but. Mm-hmm. I can see the value of having one unified place, but then I could also see the, the hassle of it, too, mm-hmm. which is, I mean. I have Patreon, Um, and obviously Patreon is a little bit more exclusive, um, but, you know, everybody has different um, expectations of how often you're posting, of what they're wanting to see in that kind of community, Um, and so it's just another level of, of work, it's another place to be working mm-hmm. um so even if you have moderators and patreon compared to like a discord server is much smaller and a lot easier to manage and i still have like that number of people who i, I can't please everybody you know right. um right. and so i would worry about that aspect i guess of having like a large platform mm-hmm. to handle and manage and basically do like customer service on or you know what i mean <laughs>
0: it is it is but i think that's a Partly I, where my questions come from is is that a, a, a necessary part of customer service at some point?
1: I, um, but it depends
2: yeah. on if you're a brand versus an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I wouldn't expect if I'm if I'm following you know Dropkick Murphys or I'm following a band and they have a Discord server. If I'm following you and you have a Discord server, I would expect. I would probably expect more access. Um, a la, you know, something kind of like a Patreon or a little bit of access to you or, you know, others in the community. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily, it's not, a, it's, it's not a hard stop. You have to have it or you don't have to have it. It's just a different way to build it. And, it, you know, again, back to the boundaries. What boundaries are you willing to set or not set for yourself of what you're willing to give
0: to the community what, versus what you don't want to talk about and want to mm-hmm. keep private? Mm-hmm what about time boundaries now now you are in a unique position of having well you're running a business as well as trying to do the media entrepreneur thing right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it's not even for us it's not even exactly entrepreneurship it's more like building the building community because we know that if there was no community we wouldn't be able to sell anything as a kill company so you're kind of a unique situation but for each of you um what kind of hours do you put in in a week And do you feel like that is more hours than you would be putting in if you were a content creator of some kind back 10, 15, 20 years ago? Because I I talk to bands, spoiler, I talk to bands all the time and they say like, oh my God, I spend so much time having to deal with social media. It's so much work, blah, 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 blah. So what is, how do you feel about that? Like how much time do you put in and when do you think you're going to hit a wall, if ever? (laughs) And how do you not?
1: Um, as Rocky kind of mentioned earlier, I don't have a clock. <laughs> mm. okay. I mean, I have to stop myself from responding to texts at two in the morning. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll schedule emails at two in the morning to go out at 10 the next day. Um, I get when I do respond to my Patreon messages, it's usually 10, 30, 11 at night. And they're always like, what are you doing? <laughs> Go to bed? But I, you know, I don't have a clock. I have worked anywhere from you know just like a a five hour half day to a 16 hour day and that's kind of like all the time um i work seven days a week for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. um and i would say on average it is 12 hour days and it's a lot because it's yeah it's content creation yeah it's merch promotion it's trying to sell tickets for the tour it's trying to record music trying to promote the music um that's all one aspect and teach lessons that's kind of on the side but then there's um reading comments getting suggestions feeding out negativity breaking up fights in the comments um yeah uh, honestly the amount of times i block people is more so because they're bullying other people in my comments not even me like bully me i'll I'll handle it because i won't engage with you but yeah. It's a lot, but it's it's that it's responding to DMs and messages. People sending lovely messages. I don't want to leave them unread um, and unresponded to. So mm-hmm. it's all of that, which is kind of like the influencer customer support, because even though as a content creator, I mean, I sell merch. So even though I'm not selling something monetarily to people, I'm still asking them to have some sort of buy in with my brand um, and I have to perform customer service still as an influencer Mm -hmm. um, because i don't want people to watch one video and then be like oh she's uh not somebody i want to you know she ignores people all the time so i do Mm -hmm. respond to comments um and then there's also this is what takes up a lot of time analytics
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but good for i mean (laughs) analytics if anybody's if anybody drops the ball on any parts of this stuff i think it falls data mining and and analytics is probably one of the things that independent creators probably do the worst at
1: yeah i spend so. well and across managing four major platforms as well it's different for all four of them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, i spend a lot of time not just determining what content i want to make but kind of having the drawback on this is going to do really well on youtube but this is going to do really well on TikTok. which one is more important to me right now and so i'll have times where my videos are totally flopping on TikTok, and i get like a low number of views for my account but then I'm going viral on Facebook and YouTube but then when I have to support that account again I'll have to switch and know that this kind of content will work but then this is gonna go into purgatory but I can't be making two different types of content all the time mm-hmm. or else I would still I, I already don't sleep a lot I uh-huh. would never sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had to make a curated video for each platform every single day
2: that, so, is, yeah. that is that is a similar challenge that we have is trying to figure out um, people interact differently even even if it's the same person they're interacting differently on LinkedIn than they would on TikTok than they would on Facebook mm-hmm. depending on you know if they're if, if the rest of my family's on Facebook I may you know be a little bit more proper if nobody I know is on TikTok I may be a little bit more wild that kind of thing
0: hence the meme um,
2: <laughs> but it's yeah it's it is it's difficult to know what to post where, or not difficult to know, but yeah, there's only so many hours in a day, so you have to kind of post the same things across all of it, but you know, yeah. to your point, it's gonna perform better here and not over there. Yeah. And yeah. How, much, how much time do you put in? The, uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it's
2: hard to track. Yeah, it is and it's not. I'll, I'll get it's here funny. at between 6 and 7 every morning, and I'll leave at 6.30-ish at night, sometimes 7 at night, um i work monday through saturday i used to work every single day of the week my wife made me stop doing that at some point Um, she used to work every day of the week with me in fairness Um, so it's a lot just what i have done over the years has changed so if you're looking at you know me as entrepreneur versus you not versus but you know juxtaposed with you as entrepreneur from 2020 to now versus me as 2003 to now i've always put in an exorbitant number of hours But the way Mac phrases it is, I will just fire myself from certain jobs. Uh, Like I'll have, you know, Mac is Mm -hmm. our production manager. So Mm -hmm. he'll, you know, when he started making kilts with us and then as we started growing and I realized I couldn't sit there and do, you know, manage the production team as well as do customer service as well as start doing marketing stuff and all these other things, um, I just fired myself from production manager and focused on the other jobs. Then I fired myself from customer service and focused on just marketing stuff. So I kind of, move different ways you are more of a, a a solopreneur someone who has to do it all themselves right now you're starting to build your support team and you're you have a manager now um so they're able to take certain things off of your plate
1: i fired my manager
2: she had a manager <laughs> i have a merchandise manager fire
1: i didn't fire her I,
2: are, you,
0: are you looking for
1: manager. i reallocate i reallocated her <laughs> Fair. We, uh, we <laughs> know <laughs> some
0: people in Pennsylvania that would be really good management well, experts for you. Is. It, it's
1: hard. It's hard trying to find management uh-huh. for a musician slash influencer.
2: Fair,
0: very fair. It's th- a.
1: It's, and a bagpiper. In a way, I'm not surprised <laughs> because
0: um, you probably just by having done the work for these past few years have more experience. Than a lot of people who would be coming from a oh I'm an artist manager background they're used to dealing with venues and schedules and things like that they're not and oh you want to promote the show well I better get some posters printed up you know I I assume that there's some old school thinking that really is doesn't always translate I know a DJ who is constantly self promoting and he's being very successful with it but he is he works as hard as you do you know because he's constantly having to. Yeah. Get the get get the social media message out that he's also doing social media. Yeah. You know.
1: Mia and I, two influencer musicians. Um, Muse influencers. <laughs> Just made that up. Muse, it's Muse, not good. Muse- <laughs> we're going to cut that in, from the... in, musicians. Influsition. M- influzition. That sounds like influenza. Or, or
0: yeah. influzies, which is not good either. But... No. This episode, is sponsored Me- by Mucinex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, musical influencers <laughs> going on tour together had a lot of fighting with agents and venues who were like, okay, well, we're not going to book you. You don't have a tour history. I was like, I know we don't. That's not a big catch-22. Well, we've already sold out Boston, and Boston right. ghosted us. Boston wouldn't email us back. Boston wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't, like, get back to us. And then we found a booking agent who got the venue. And then they were like, okay, well, these are XYZ. We sold out Boston within a week and a half. Hmm. So with no paid promo, with no flyers, no posters, just by social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, You're new in a space that is a dinosaur. Music venues have been around forever. They don't know how to handle people like you who didn't come up the traditional way.
1: Correct. We're doing it completely backwards. Hmm. Um, and that's the the boat that Mia and I are in as well, is we have millions of followers and fans, but not a ton of streamable music. I mean, we have similar sized platforms to some people. I, I've surpassed some of my favorite artists in terms of my monthly listenership and my my social media following, which is very strange. Um, Triggers the imposter syndrome for sure. Mm. But, um, I don't have as much content as them in terms of streamable music. I don't have the tour history that they have. We have different fan bases for sure. Um, but it's, it's just very bizarre and to try and find somebody who can come in and try to take off some of my workload is very tricky. Um, because I would have to train them, mm-hmm. honestly. Like mm-hmm. I, would have to, I would have to like train somebody how to do it. Um, even with my merchandise manager, who I love, they um, make some of my merchandise and they send, send it out as well. But I was sending all my merch out before, mm-hmm. kind of doing it the DIY way because mm-hmm. I don't have, I have a lot of people who want it, but not enough to like have a business you know what I mean? Um, so it was tricky because I had to kind of, like, train them what I was doing, and then they had to go and, and fix it mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it better. Mm-hmm. But they had to know how I was doing it first because that's what people were expecting to receive. Um, so it, it's chaotic. It's improved. It's improved over the past few months. But um, even that took months of transition to actually get to a point where it was functional. So I can't even imagine bringing on somebody – as a, a true manager to speak on my behalf because it's every day changing.
2: The, the biggest lesson I learned over time, my, my literal like light switch unlock moment was going from trying to do everything myself. And I'm not saying this is you, I'm just pointing it out for myself. Trying to do everything myself and holding people to my standard of what I think is the right way to do something or acceptable or whatever versus just saying okay 90% 95% of my standard should be fine it's the speed of getting someone else to do it so i don't have to worry about certain things over time after they after a training period but you get up to the spot where it's it, it's it's got to be close enough and maybe that something that they're going to do a different way may actually work better than the thing that i'm doing and kind of eating a little bit of that humble pie and saying okay Let me just do it. But the time and the speed that that will buy you or bought me again, back to me, the is immeasurable over, over the life of our business. So far, Mm -hmm. we've been almost 20 years so far.
1: Yeah, I guess where I struggle with that a bit is trying to figure out what pieces I could give a person that don't also require every other piece. Like if I, if I was like, okay, yeah, you can handle captions. That's kind of tricky uh, because like of everything else, like I track trends and I track analytics. So I kind of know where hashtagging, I mean, I'm not super, that's like a very silly example, but um, I've noticed certain hashtags now by trial and error are starting to work for me based on my analytics. So I feel like I would have to have them come into the analytics side, but then, but that would just kind of move backward backward and backward and backward and backward and backward until they but, have to be a piece of everything to fully understand it.
2: Ish, but if you can find someone to help you with the analytics and do some of the research for you and get into that so that you can kind of, they will give you the Cliff Notes version of the analytics so then you can help them formulate. okay, based on these analytics, these are the type of keywords, these are the type of you know hashtags, whatever, that I want to use or these are the songs that I may want to use in the next video that will help inform you. But if you didn't have to do 10 hours of research on the stuff and digging into the analytics, but somebody can give you a 20 minute, half hour breakdown of the things that they found over those 10 hours, that is time you can be doing other things.
1: So I don't know your entire process. So I'm gonna
2: spitballing for you.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, I could see that potentially working. It would just have to be the right person who speaks the language of both Bagpipe, Celtic music, Highland culture, and social media. Mm-hmm. So, we have to get some people to do that. <laughs> if you're listening, and that is you,
0: please, <laughs> please email her. You, no,
1: help. no, but like they're just. I mean, I feel like um, the bagpipe modern rock niche is. It's not that it hasn't existed before, but on the social media front, it's kind of new, and there, mm-hmm. it's there's mm-hmm. not like a community underneath it yet. It's what hmm, I what I'm, you should
2: build a community and then ask the community for help.
1: <gasps> you want to be a mod? It almost,
2: yeah, because I need more yeah, jobs. Yeah, <laughs>
1: me too. You source, <laughs> you source
2: the mods from the community.
1: I know, but I need somebody to build the server. I can't do that. I'm not tech savvy.
0: Speaking of community, then put on your crystal ball hats, <laughs> Get out your wizard hats, your crystal balls. Where do you see each of the platforms that you're working on going? Is there any that are fated to die? Or do you think you're going to have to constantly be monitoring all of them and then five more new ones that come in the next 10 years? Or what? I mean, where are we headed?
1: I think... I, okay, my my perceptions have definitely changed. The platforms are evolving. They're evolving. And it's uh, crazy. YouTube is going to exist forever. Hmm. YouTube is always going to Agreed. be a pillar. Yep. Um, it has stood the test of time um and now youtube has shorts and shorts are blowing up Mm -hmm. um so it kind of fits a little bit of every every corner of what social media is right now there's the community tab so you can post like it's facebook there's the shorts so you can basically do TikTok, and then there's the long form videos which no other platform really has Um, not like that Mm -hmm. so youtube is a little bit of an everything it's never going to go away
2: the thing I find funny about YouTube is they uh, they had their foray into social media with G+, which failed miserably. I don't know if you knew of G+. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the shorts and the community tab are there. They're kind of they're dipping their toe back in that water, so to speak. And I think they're they're doing a reasonably good job of it. And they're also artificially giving it more organic reach because they want people to start using it more
1: Mm mm-hmm I I agree and I've noticed the same thing with Facebook and Instagram reels Um, my Facebook page started to blow up because of reels because they want people to be watching them they want people to be using them Mm -hmm. but that has leveled out their plan worked now I'm using the platform it's one of my larger well I think it's still my lower platform but it's still a big platform (laughs) Um, and they all mesh together for me But it's similar in size to my Instagram, which is crazy because Facebook was never something that I, like, really pushed. So it kind of naturally grew because they wanted people using the reels. But their other features still generate, uh, they still produce. Momentum. Yes. Um, They still have the juice to go forward. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I kind of thought Facebook was a, eh. You know, I'm not going to put my time into it, but it has been one of my favorite platforms to to work on. Um,
0: you hear that, Zuckerberg?
1: I'm don't bring him into this. Be um, grateful. I am not grateful. he needs to be grateful. Oh, yeah. he needs to be grateful. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think people always say TikTok is going to, you know, it's going to evaporate and, and go away, and I always feel like it's starting to dwindle and then something changes and then it's crazy again really? i kind of thought it would happen it would be like vine mm-hmm. um which died vine mm-hmm. is dead the vine has diminished withered, withered. <laughs> and i kind of thought tiktok would be like that but we're you know a few few years in now and it kind of has its its pillar in the social media community and the fact that people are taking tiktok seriously in terms of using it for promotion for Mm -hmm. brands, like Mm -hmm. major brands, they're using it kind of like YouTube. I think TikTok might stay. I don't think it's gonna wither. I think it might stick around. I would
0: go so far as to say, I think that the other elements you're talking about with the other platforms evolving has been a forced evolution because of TikTok. Because of TikTok,
1: absolutely. So, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, it's been a catalyst, if nothing else. Um, The question then is how much does the Chinese government care about bagpipes, so. (laughs)
1: I yeah. mean, not enough to pay me, <laughs> nearly Girl, anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we even give
0: you a blue check mark. Come the, on, I now. know,
1: literally.
2: <laughs> the uh, I am a plaid check mark. Honestly,
1: hot. none of them have though, except for YouTube. So mm.
2: the I think TikTok is definitely still the up and coming, and as they as more advertisers start coming to the platform, we're we're actually we're starting to advertise, advertise like pay money to advertise on TikTok. And the thing that, we're in a beta program, and the thing that they they had to look at our content to accept us into the program, and they wanted to know what type, types of ads we would be producing. Um, and they want the ads to look like the content. Yes. They don't want highly polished ads. They want, they want a phone
1: ad. Yes, Yeah. exactly.
2: All right. All so right. I think, but I think that is a, a, a sneaky, but creative and, and smart way to do it is to serve people the ads as if it's just content and or make ads that look like content and that actually are like content that you would want to watch um, and therefore it would produce better and therefore wouldn't annoy the users of the platform as much. Hmm. Um, but I think Facebook, Facebook's saving grace in, in my not so humble opinion is the communities because that's where if you're already there in the communities and you're part of different facebook groups that you really really love and you've grown very attached to the other people in the group and this is where you found your friends online and you have a supportive community i think that will say help to save them you know whether any kind of storms of cambridge analytica you know data mining blah blah bad will but discord is doing exactly that yes but how many people are on discord and i made the same here, here's the argument that I made to uh, a friend of mine, Steve Ashton, uh, 10 years ago, or yeah, I guess almost 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns a, a website called xmarksthscott.com. Mm-hmm. And yep, it's a, a forum. forum. So Old school. Yes, oh, very old school, school yes. And the, the discussion I had with them, argument almost, was you need to be putting X marks on Facebook. And his point was, why would we put our community on Facebook? People are already here and they can just come here and check in. And I said, yes, but they're they're on Facebook all day and getting served stuff in your newsfeed is a passive way to be part of the group versus thinking to yourself, oh, I have to go check out that kilt form. I wanna go there purposefully and now check in there versus something I'm already doing. You're creating friction. So that is, again, what will help with Facebook continue their World domination um, versus Discord. I think Discord can be a powerful, powerful tool, but again, it's you have to drive members to it, and people have to, you know, go there to have it. Unless you just happen to have it open on your. See, because
0: uh, I, I feel like, but I know people who do keep Discord open on their systems all the time. There, they tend to be younger folks, and I could see someone else making the exact same argument to you that you made to Steve all the years ago. That you know, why aren't you on Discord? that's where the future is that's where everybody is going it's know? the critical so. mass part of it mm-hmm. you have to reach critical mass that everyone is going there all the time so you're trying to are you trying to say that facebook has closed the door after them and there's no way that no 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 new no platforms no. can tiktok be, came in mm-hmm.
2: they have reached critical mass mm-hmm. it's a matter of making sure that you can get to that point okay
1: another kind of avenue to that as well is reddit mm mm-hmm. mhm um, And Mm -hmm. I, well, I have a love-hate relationship with Reddit right now. Um, I had a video reposted without watermark and without credit, and it went viral on Reddit, which is great. Um, But, oh, man, when you can't control the...
0: Mm. (laughs) You would
1: need to be the moderator of your own subreddit, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, my goodness, can it be nasty? Um, A friend of mine has a subreddit that someone made for her, Mm -hmm. like a, a follower, and it's just it's like unflattering screenshots or and like bad angle things yeah, and yeah. um cesspool it, it's a cesspool yeah and it, it's unfortunate because there's nothing you can do about it um but reddit has been known to also be a very powerful place for community mm-hmm. so oh absolutely so i i'm in r slash bagpipes i hang out um I, I like going there you know and seeing what's up and i had I was in R slash chameleons, but they're kind of mean, so I left.
0: No, <laughs> you're yeah. chameleon snobs. Chameleon. Oh gatekeepers?
1: my god. So gatekeepy. That's an episode for the future.
0: Why? Come
1: back in the future for the discussion of the chameleon oh <laughs> sub community. Um, but yeah, no, well, I mean bless their hearts. But that's kind of it's kind of what you had referenced. Going completely back to the beginning of echo chambers is mm-hmm. how I feel communities can be sometimes I know you all the
0: time personally
1: yeah yeah and so that's my
0: definition almost
1: mm-hmm. by definition yeah and it's kind of like again all on you and up to you to make it not be that um and that's just a lot of pressure be mm-hmm. having a, a fan base is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but responsibility man it's crushing
2: now the video that you're you're talking about i'm assuming that's your free bird. Yeah. Video?
1: Yeah, it was the Freebird video. Was
2: the first one or I, you did it with and without the guitar? Yeah. Which one popped?
1: Both, both went viral. Nice. Weirdly enough, um they both have over a million on TikTok. The first one with the guitar went viral on someone else's Twitter hmm. and then um the second one without the guitar is what went viral on Reddit. So just I guess Freebird in general Uh, Hmm.
2: now, did you, did you have a feeling or do you know, or do you, when you're thinking about what kind of content to create, do you have a thought in your head of, okay, I know this one's going to go, so I'm going to hold on to it for the right time to post it? Or do you just, as soon as you think like, oh, this is going, I'm going to do it.
1: I've got to do the, as soon as I think about it, I got to do it. However, I did know that it was going to go viral. Um, I talked about, my mom can vouch for me. We had a conversation on the phone. And uh, I was like, if this one doesn't go viral for me, I'm going to be really confused about the algorithm and the app right now um, because it's Freebird On the bagpipes, I I feel you know what I mean? So um, I had a feeling that this one would hit the right. It would hit the for you page. I didn't think it would go viral everywhere um, and it didn't. But I knew that this is something that TikTok would like based on the analytics did not think it would go viral twice that was a surprise. Usually that's not how that works. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, and I also didn't think it would get pulled into other communities. That was also a surprise, Um, a good and bad one.
2: (laughs) Now, how did that happen? They downloaded the song and then posted it on their own?
1: Yeah. Okay, so So that's
2: how you didn't get credit, air quotes, for the...
1: Well, yeah, so someone downloaded the video from TikTok. So it had the TikTok watermark and my username. So that was fine. and. Um, they didn't tag my Twitter because my Twitter's barely existent it's suffocating so um, someone else had tagged me though and so I ended up finding it um, so I wasn't too mad at that but the person who posted on on reddit put it through a watermark remover so <laughs> but the lovely people of reddit <laughs> did like the comments were littered with this is Piper this is Ali Piper this is who this is um, and so that was really nice so
2: Cool. My, my favorite watermark stories are the ones where a company will take pictures of us, and with with a watermark on it, and then put their watermark over, over top, top of the watermark. our watermark, or just block ours out on a solid black bar and put theirs right there. Like that's excellent. That's that's me in that photo. Like,
0: yeah.
1: No, no that's amazing. Love that for no, that, you guys. That, that, that's
0: John. That's he's been working here for years. What are you talking about? <laughs> they send you this picture of this guy at the beach with your head photoshopped on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about performances and concerts online then. Have you delved into that at all? I mean, what about Twitch?
1: I tried Twitch. I gave up on Twitch. Okay. Um, Poor Twitch. I like, my brother's a Twitch streamer. Cool. Um, Which is great, but Twitch, you just, you have to like, again, you just need to completely dedicate. 100% to it mm-hmm. um, and be on that schedule and do that and I just I don't have the time to do that and handle all of the other stuff okay. um, and I just I don't think it's necessarily um, necessary <laughs> not necessarily necessary a necessity uh, I can say every iteration of that word if you want um, but I don't think it's a necessity I don't think, think, it's that I don't think have, <laughs> thank you um, I don't think it's, it's needed for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to be on every single platform. I can let a few go here and there, um, but I did try Twitch, um, but I also like, I barely go live on TikTok. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not on a schedule for, for live streams. I did do um, a paid Facebook live concert
0: mm-hmm.
1: once. Um, it went fine. It went well considering I was pretty early on in my, it was a fundraising to buy all of my recording equipment. Oh, right um, on. Nice. Okay. yeah so it did pretty well um, but live live's hard live shows are hard I think if I'm going to do it in the future it will be through a venue so I can okay. still have the polished sound the lights the aesthetic that people are expecting for a live show and then offload you know. the
2: tech and you just focus on the music
1: yeah, yeah. I think that would be the way I want to handle that in the future um, it can just be pretty tough mm-hmm. trying to handle that just like from a you know we've,
0: we've been intimidated by it i mean we're, we're not doing the same thing you do but we've been intimidated by that factor with doing live presentations yeah also yeah. like we did a we did a live show at celtic classic uh festival in Bethlehem, pa last fall um and i was very keen at the time to try and live stream it also but were just like ah, there's a lot of things to try and juggle yeah. at this point so well, on the yeah.
1: fly
2: at an event where we don't have access to wi-fi it had to be yeah
1: hundred percent yeah me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i had the same discussions and ultimately came up to the same deliberations about tour mm-hmm. um you know and the other question too is that you know does that undervalue the experience of going and seeing a live show mm-hmm. um which i think is kind of what we determined it would be it'd be kind of undervaluing you know um if you can just sit at home and watch the same thing and we're trying to curate our performances to be at like an in the room experience and so Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you do have to choose it it's a different they're different beasts to tackle um
2: but it'll never be the same like I, I remember seeing a few different shows or concerts um during you know the pandemic where it was uh uh live streamed and it was just like, okay, it looks like I'm watching a music video kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: So right. the the vibe was completely different. But we were yes. all doing that because there was no other choice also. I,
1: I think virtual yeah. virtual performing is a different type of performing and it can be done well. I think you can give a live stream, you can give a live streamed show, but you can't have an audience there. I think it has to be either completely virtual to be done well. Like obviously you can do whatever you want, but To be done well it has to be like i'm doing a virtual performance and my audience is my virtual audience Mm -hmm. and then you can do kind of what you do for your live shows you can take questions live you can do this live Mm -hmm. and all of that and that's all great but i really struggle with exactly what you just said diminishing the experience asking someone to buy tickets um to watch a show that they don't get to really experience because i'm not going to be talking i'm not going to be looking at them i'm not going to be talking to them i'm not going to be looking at the camera And also if you're buying Yeah, but if you're buying tickets to my in person show that's gonna be live streamed, you don't wanna watch me talk to a camera. Yeah. You want me to talk to you. So it I feel like that's just splitting splitting Mm -hmm. it up too much and diverting the attention away from the audience, whoever it really is. I hit the table. I hit the table. It's okay. Alert.
0: It's okay. It's all right, table. Sorry. I I I, I'm inclined to agree in the sense that I, keeping them set, I think it's they're both different services you can provide as a content creator but they need to be separate. I mean I know a lot of people who um, especially when you're hitting the patreon doing a live stream that's very free form like you know there's one one content creator I know on YouTube and he'll do a live stream on weekends just and he's just sitting there painting while he's talking to people and comments and, and responding to comments that's it
1: mm-hmm. but
0: people send in money. Yeah. You know, and that's a different kind of experience. That's more of the um the behind the scenes personal experience, make sure your boundaries are set before you do it kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I think that's I think it has to be different. So yeah. I'll give you one other hot take angle on it. The
2: thinking of it from the, the user perspective or the you know, the audience member perspective, if you're if you're doing both, a live stream as well as in person concert, trying to broadcast an in person concert. If you're not coming to my town or no. if I live in California and your tour is going from Chicago to Boston um, I'm not gonna be able to get there Mm -hmm. so at least even if you're not staring directly at the camera and you're not you know you're not playing it up for playing it up directly for the live stream kind of thing it's it still gives them something maybe the ticket value is you know five bucks versus 25 bucks in person or something like that but it's still you're giving them an experience they wouldn't otherwise have at all
1: yes um and that i i think everybody it depends it depends on what your intentions are but if if i'm trying to reach a venue capacity in new york because that's one that's bugging me right now um if i'm trying to do that and i'm trying to sell my tickets for let's say 20 dollars, and then i charge a live or a a streaming ticket for 15 because it's not the in-person experience what's to stop half of the New Yorkers from watching it at home.
2: Because it's not the in-person experience.
1: Not everybody wants that, though. Not everybody... Some people want to just hear the live music. I mean, I'm also working with multi-generations of people. Mm -hmm. Um, My my fan base is is massive in scale. I've got four-year-old fans and then I've got 84-year-old fans and they're all coming. Um, or they're not at all. And I think sometimes limiting the experience to a more exclusive and intimate thing is more valuable than having it just be for everyone. Um, I feel like it's more special to say, I'm going to Boston. Come to see me at Boston. Come right. come see me in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, than it is to say, I'm doing a show. Everyone can come. Because right. then okay. what's what's to stop people also from watching a show watching a show that's like on a day that's more convenient for them instead of going to the one on the thursday in their town right so i i don't know i think some things are sacred and live music is one of them okay. <laughs> <laughs> plus the goal too is that the tour is going to do well we're going to be able to go to california someday Fair. Okay. you know and the only way to do that is for it to be successful <laughs> Understood. So, yeah that's just i mean i haven't done this yet touring so that's just my thoughts going into it all. Nice. Yeah.
0: Let me shift gears on you now. We've been talking about the 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 hardcore business side of things and the tech side of things, and it's a spunky load of nulls and it's complicated. But at the at the heart of this, from the creative standpoint, is the fact that we are both um, making our livings off of heritage. You know, I could even dare I say it. We are selling heritage in a way. Now we more than you perhaps, Ali, because I mean, your music is a fusion of traditional and very modern elements. But how do you parse that out? And how do you on a personal level or a professional level parse out uh, who's doing it in a respectful way and who is not? And how can people tell the difference? And how can they tell that you are on the assumption that we are all good guys here, that we are the good guys Not the bad guys. That we're not. In other words, that we're not trying to use the music, or in our case, the tartans or the culture as a as a um, exploitative way. Yeah, which is a, a yeah. backdrop, yeah. A, a gimmick. You know, mm-hmm.
2: the uh, it's it the the theories on this would exist on a spectrum. So on you know the far right, let's say you know, super super traditional that at you know bagpipe music should only be played. In Scotland, in a traditional bagpipe, you know, grade one band, da 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 da, or, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, the uh, just have fun, do whatever I want, play with the culture, caricature, you know, it doesn't matter kind of thing. It's just fun. Um, and, you know, where do we fall on that spectrum? And then the people, so let's say, just for sake of argument, we fall in the middle, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. Um, the people to the right, who view you know you know tradition is sacred. You must only do traditional things. It can never evolve. It must be exactly the same way as it always was. They would look at anything we are doing or you are doing, and say you know well you're you're just playing with music and that's not how the bagpipe is supposed to be played or whoa, you know whoa, whoa. designing new tartans that aren't clan tartans. What you know mm-hmm. versus on the other end of it, someone saying like you know oh well you know it's you can just play a plastic bagpipe. You know, and, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, yeah, I'm going to wear a Halloween costume or I'm going to be, you know, the Lucky Charms guy. On a unicycle. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the, I think, the, the parameters of what we're talking about. How do you think
1: about it? Um, I think, yes, there's definitely a spectrum as well. Um, I mean, do you want me to give you my my yeah. my, my feelings? Well, okay. Let me no. let me
0: preface this. I think for, for anybody who doesn't know, it should be noted before you give this answer that you have played in a a competition band correct
1: yeah yeah it's my roots yeah you
0: you, you, you're trained as a as a traditional piper in a traditional band you played in Scotland Mm -hmm. and I think your band won is that Mm -hmm. correct yep okay so you're not just talking out of your hat here you've seen
1: yeah okay yeah you've
0: seen some shit man
1: so I've seen listen the the flashbacks (laughs) are hitting me right now um (laughs) no for real though I I think back to when I was taking music theory classes and we were talking about experimental composers um, and Beethoven was an experimental composer, mm. even though we think of him as a classic mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. We d- we think of that now. Uh, Van Gogh as an artist during his time. Super experimental. Um, these are not uh, things that we think of as classics now. Were not then. And I think in the space of art and fashion evolution is always happening and ultimately for me what ties back to it there are two things respect for what you're doing mm-hmm. um, and not trying actively to make it a gimmick for likes and views and money um, and then there's also um, knowing the rules before you break the rules um, Those are two things that are kind of important to me and are part of my going back to talking about pillars as well. Um, But I train I have bagpipe students who found me because they want to do what I do. And I'm teaching them how to play traditionally first Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. I'll teach them some fun things that go outside of it. But, you know. You have to know the rules before you break the rules. And I think that can kind of apply to, to both situations. Um, we say it
0: all the time, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's why I, I mean, snickered when you said it. Uh, Allie yeah. Piper, I'd like to thank you for reading the prepared statement. It uh, <laughs> was provided to you before Here's your $20. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, that was a big thing in music theory. I mean, um, we would, I, I remember in class, in high school specifically, we would be sitting there and we'd be analyzing a piece from Literally any really highly acclaimed composer or professional and be like oh, parallel fifths parallel fifths ah, The cursed parallel fifths hmm. um, and then we would like
2: those parallel fifths
1: how literally how dare they um, Because if I if I wrote parallel fifths in my part writing I'd get a mark on my on my paper, you know And hmm. so we would bring that up and why how did they get away with this? How did they get away with this, this is published Orchestras perform this. How do they get away with this? And that's, they knew the rules and they chose to break them there um, And that's I feel like this is where it's <laughs> I feel like I have started to broach into the area where I'm allowed to break the rules mm-hmm. um, because I've spent so many hours and thousands and thousands of dollars Um <laughs> Learning learning them from the best of the best Um, and I did I sought out the best of the best to teach me the rules Um, And I did my due diligence and I learned them and I think you guys have done the same Mm -hmm. Um, It's not learning an instrument, but you can tell me the history of the tartans You can tell me the history of my own family tartan better than I could probably tell it to somebody and I think that honestly gives you the right to now break some of the rules and make your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's fair. I think the other part of it, too, and the reason why you're able to sell it is because you also do deeply have a respect for where that came from.
0: How, yeah. often, how often do either of you think it's conscious versus just an organic process where people start to break the rules to create something new? I I think
2: it's the, I want it to be more conscious than it is same I think the vast majority of people when you when you first get into something and you you're geeking out about it you're in your initial you know honeymoon phase of a new genre a new topic a new whatever uh-huh. um, you get excited about it and you're so excited and you want to do all the things all the time all at once and you're you're running before you can walk you're uh-huh. before you can crawl in a lot of cases so it's about those people harnessing that enthusiasm and making them kind of slow down a little bit and be like okay let's talk about the rules not rules or traditions conventions whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. first and figuring out the reasons why this outfit looks good or the reason why this song works the way it is you know written versus just throwing a bunch of things at it to see what happens so there's yeah it's you you generally come to a better place when you understand the things that you are doing and why you are doing it, not just because, well, it it's just supposed to look like this. You know, the spores, uh-huh. it's a furry bit, it's a bit of fur in the front. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. there's reasons, you know, it's a pocket, you know, you wear it here, it's about this size. Um, so there's a lot of that. But back to the point of how do you tell the, you know, the the good guys from the bad guys, so to speak, not necessarily saying bad guys, but the another thing that we talk about is being, a, a student of the culture, a true student and making sure you're understanding why certain things are done, making sure you're doing it for the right reasons, you're building the community or fan base or whatever and showcasing the talents in a positive light, showcasing the bagpipes in a positive light, showcasing the culture in a positive light and not just doing it to make money or yeah. for your own ends. Like the this the content that we put out, you know, around, you know, St. Patrick's Day or about Robert Burns and all these different you know topics that have something to do with culture. It's it's a branding exercise, yes, but at the same time, we're not making money off of a Robert Burns video. We're doing it to say like, hey, here's a cool fact. More people know need to know about this thing. And we're trying to reach people in a different way or in a different platform than they would otherwise know existed or, you know, just get at them and Make them learn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want learn, to make you learn. You're, learn, damn it. You, you've built the community. You have the people there, and you're trying to interject the same teachings of the culture as being a student of it that you had to try to also make them students of the culture. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes me think that you guys are the good guys. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you. But, Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be here if I didn't think so. Um, I have a deep respect for The bagpipes and i have a deep respect for the culture even though i definitely don't claim to know everything about it um i know what i I often try to learn (laughs) and i think that that's really important it's also why i don't make kilt specific content because i don't think that i'm the voice for that um and so i know what i know and then i will choose that place to to educate people on it which is also why i appreciate that you two don't make bagpipe content (laughs)
2: You, d- you don't want me to be- <laughs> oh good god no <clears throat> no but it's also about um reaching new audience reaching a younger audience so that everything that we are doing and talking about and the culture that we care about is preserved and pushed forward yeah um one of the things that we've been doing a lot more recently is interviewing people so we've interviewed a couple mills we've interviewed um uh, Dr. Rosie Wayne from the National Museum of Scotland. I just uh-huh. uh, interviewed uh, Brian Wilton, which is going to be coming out soon. Um, who's the who was was the director of the Scottish Tartans Authority? So it's it's about finding those stories that are either untold. I'm sounding like a journalist, but finding those <laughs> stories that are untold that we think are important and will be important, and putting them on wax so that in 50 years, 100 years after I'm dead and gone, the maybe 200 years. <laughs> those those stories will be accessible so that it, you know, when it comes to the kilt, it started at very murky origins and no one knows exactly how certain things evolved over time because it wasn't documented. So part of what we see and we want to do is start documenting things so that it will there will be a direct like oh look here's a youtube video from the you know from yeah. 200 years ago from that you know usa kilts guy and he documented x y and z about how this thing was like that is to a degree i'm gonna way overstate it but that's say that's like our immortality within it is yeah. Yeah. helping legacy. that's the legacy within yeah. it mm-hmm. to promote it and to to document what is happening so that it'll be easier for people later on
1: yeah 100 percent. and i i think one of the things that helps to make sure you're the good guys or to spot the good guys is you can recognize that all of the things that you're doing right now are the legacy you're going to lead, not just for yourself, but for what you're involved in. Hmm. Um, and I think a lot of influencers and creators don't ask themselves that question. And um, I know specifically like it's part of the reason it's been what I wanted to do forever was help to change the negative stereotypes surrounding the bagpipes. And that's the key center of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that I'm a good guy. You're doing I, a good job it, too,
2: because you're sticking, you're specifically sticking to it and talking about it, and you don't make a joke about it. And it's not you're you're not like, hey, you know, jump on bagpipes and trampoline joke inserted here kind of thing. And you're also having fun with it. <clears throat> yeah,
1: so I think that's. I you know. want I want people to see that it it can exist in the musical space the way everything else gets to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's. To put it very simply, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. ultimately what I'm trying to do, you know, um, I want one day, maybe in 200 years from now, in a music class, when you're learning about how the guitar works, the next segment is we're going to wa- learn about how the bagpipes work, um, because it's an instrument too it, that exists in the space, mm-hmm. but no one no one gets to learn that in school. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and how they can exist
1: together. And how they and how can exist together. how evolved over
2: time, and how mm-hmm. this musical genre evolved over time.
1: Yeah, it's- and it's never been about... We're gonna talk about Ali and how Ali did this. You know, it's it's <laughs> like even if it wasn't a credit-based situation, just that I get to exist in this space and be able to put positivity out for millions of people helps to counterbalance all of the negative stereotypes that I had shoved down my throat when I was a young bagpiper, starting from the general public. Oh, you do know, flame shooting out your drones? Mm-hmm. Like, what no. do you got? in there?
0: <laughs> a cat. Yeah. You're squeezing a cat day, again.
1: Yeah. Every day. Every yeah. day. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you get that thing to go? How many cats you got in that bag? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. No, but just us being, you know, in our respective spaces, us being able to be part of the conversation and or push the narrative, push the conversation forward yeah. is really, you know, what we what we get out of it is the fact that we're just included in it. Yeah. And we're, we're allowed to be talking about it and that anyone you know, listens to us or cares about the same thing, that's the cool part is just having people along for the ride.
1: Yeah, 100%. The community.
0: Indeed. How much does validation feed into people in the future knowing that you did a good job as opposed to not? To, to springboard off what you just said. Do you think people adequately recognize that what you're doing is the good guy approach? For instance, I know a certain uh, internet celebrity who does similar content to what you have done with the bagpipes and popular music. I know that they also use red pipes. And very much that's a very much... I think you know who I'm talking about. And it's very much a gimmick. I get that vibe that's a gimmick, but I see a lot of people give that performer a lot of attention. Yeah. Is there a risk of that legacy surviving simply because of the critical mass of attention? Or... Yes, but you can't care. Okay.
2: You have to know, in, I'm going to. I'm not speaking for you, just in general. No, but um, I already agree. <laughs> the, you have to know in your heart the reasons you are doing it. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it the way that you want to do it. And, you know, again, drawing your own lines of these are the types of things I'm going to do. These are the types of things I'm, on, or I'm not going to do. This is how I'm going to approach it. And just live up to that and know that you've done your best job doing that. And that's how I sleep at night.
1: To, to kind of rephrase a very similar thing to what you're saying is you can't let, I'm not saying that anybody who maybe isn't genuine about the origins of their sound and, and who maybe does use um, the instrument more so as a prop for attention, that doesn't make you a bad guy. It's not that. Uh, it's just maybe culturally is not the best way to like shape it, it, it that's not for the instrument. Mm-hmm. they're coming
2: at it from a different. Angle. They're
1: coming at it from a different angle. I definitely don't want to like say that anybody out there is doing bad for the system. Um, but that's not how I would want to do it. That's not how I liked to see the instrument when I was growing up and it's not the influence that had a good impact on me and my, my friends in the competitive system and the other people who are trying to learn the instrument because it's not accurate. it's not achievable. The way it's portrayed and i think you can't let that though deter you from being the person that you wanted to see Mm -hmm. when you were growing up that's that's what i'm doing trying to do i like that um if i as a 14 year old when i was first learning the pipes saw my content today i'd be inspired i'd be excited i would like that and i wouldn't cringe if my friends on facebook sent that to me and as long as i'm able to say that about what i'm doing then i'll still think that i'm doing the right thing if ever that changes and you can hold me to this and i make something and i would have been like oh man i can't believe like somebody did that and that's so embarrassing for the instrument then i'll quit <laughs> so <laughs> that's the bottom line
0: is we're going to let history be the judge
1: history right? yeah i mean there's one, no la- one last sure.
0: question then yeah what percentage of these efforts for the sake of your legacies you creator people, is creativity. Is it 10%, is it 50%, is it 90%? Depends on what the
2: content is. If it's, it's a, like a original ideas,
0: really, really yeah, yeah. For hardcore creativity. I'll let you go first.
1: I I like to think that there's creativity infused in every part of the process. Um, mm-hmm. as a, it's hard. Most things are inspired. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not original. Um I mean I didn't write Freebird.
0: <laughs>
1: but no one you know what I mean? Um, like it, there are there's still covers, so there is an element of it like, oh, I wonder if this could work. Does that mean creativity? Is that an original idea? Mm. Um so I feel like it's very hard. I think creativity is is fundamental and crucial to being a creator. Um, and I think it has to be involved in every part of the process if you're just carbon copying somebody you know then maybe you're maybe you're not creating um, but as long as you are producing something that came from your brain, whether it was inspired and you're just taking your twist on it, then I think that that counts as creativity and that's where my number comes from is I think it should ultimately be 5050 in my brain. I know a lot of people are like it's 10% creativity 90%
0: determination yes. Determi- yeah but yeah. i, I, I Sweat.
1: but i do think that creativity should it, it's infused in all of that determination yeah. like what does that even mean yeah mm. like you know what i mean like you got to break determination down and when you break it down it's it's practice it's um recording it's mixing it's editing and creativity is in every part of that process for me mm. as well so. as research
2: mm-hmm. as well as all the other things dealing mm-hmm. with you know mm-hmm. being a, a Uh, 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 social media creator and Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and create I mean I have to be creative at every step of the way yeah or else it doesn't you know even though only 10% of it is maybe me coming up with my part I don't think that that's where the creativity stops Mm -hmm. so I think the number is a lot bigger than anybody really gives creatives credit for I think that
0: that actually applies to you too when I think about some of the technical things that you've done as innovations for the products (laughs) and the things that we do here as well as the pure creativity of I want a tartan that looks like this so yep. I, think, I think you hit it on the head that basically you have to have that, you have to keep that spark going whatever way you're applying yourself.
2: Correct. And you, I would also say my creativity isn't necessarily, my creativity it tends to be bigger picture type things. Hmm. And uh, like, you know, in uh, designing new tartans or thinking of ways to market different things or thinking of types of pillars of content or um, I'm I'm. Cr- I don't want to say like, I'm not creative in doing interviews, that interviews have been done. It's it's the reasons why, that's like the fun that I get out of it. Um, so it's I wouldn't necessarily call that creative, but it's, it's the fun experience of it. Um, and I get enjoyment of the job and creativity of the job through the entire running of a company, mm-hmm. um, and trusting the creatives around me to also perform to a certain level that, they're adding to the process, um, so you're creative as well. So you're coming up with different ideas and different thoughts, and mm-hmm. some of those you're executing, you know, by your 100% by yourself with well, not by yourself, but with the team who are also being creative in their own right. Um, and others, it's a collaborative effort. So creativity really informs everything we do, just not in a here's how we're going to make this video. It's all of the things that surround mm-hmm. everything. We're mm-hmm. swimming in it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's never that clear cut. Can't no. be. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. It's 100% and 10%. So
0: it's 110%. <laughs> it's 110%. <laughs> Just like your Just weekly Just for the creative live. aspect, right. yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and now your head explodes.
1: Yes. It's not supposed to make sense.
0: <laughs> it can't. It can't all the time.
1: It's abstract. It's art.
0: Right on, man.
1: Right on, man.
0: <laughs> Any final thoughts?
2: Let the guest go first. Final thoughts.
1: You shouldn't have done that to now. me. Now oh, I
2: don't have any. I've have to, have to think of some, which is why I'm allowing you to go first.
1: Yeah, I'm fully aware. <laughs> <laughs> um I think <clears throat> ultimately there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Um that it's impossible to really articulate all of it within however long this has been. Um but I hope at least you know people got to get a glimpse. Um, and people got to see that it's it's a lot messier than it than the final product ends up being mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's it's controlled chaos
2: I would say uh, what's what's the quote be the person that you wanted when you were you know to look up to when you were younger kind of yeah. thing yeah, yeah. aim to be that person mm-hmm. and aim to build something and aim to put more good in the world and more positivity in the world um, because we need more mm-hmm. so that's really what I would you know be the takeaway is, you know, out
0: there in the social media lands, um, yeah, be a force for good. Mm-hmm. Period. And mm-hmm. use those use those tools. They're gonna keep changing, but stay on top of the tools so you can do that. Yep. yep. Yeah. I will my final thought will be that I think you are you two are two of my favorite ducks. You make all this stuff look pretty easy, but obviously you're quack. <laughs> you're 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 paddling like crazy underneath <laughs> the surface of the water. So Thank cool. you. Uh and just a reminder everybody that um, Allie the Piper not necessarily Piper Alley. Alley the Piper is on all the platforms, so all the freaking time. That's true. Almost sort of. Um, so you can find her anywhere and find out what she's up to next and where she will be because touring is going to be an increasing activity of yours in the next few years. So you yeah. can actually catch, we can catch you live.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And if you like this interview, if you like this discussion, there is more haggis hunting as well as other podcast type things that we are doing here at Kilts and Culture slash USA Kilts Incorporated. Slash Haggis super, hunting podcast. super mega, super mega studios, yes, activation. Yes. yes, yes, taking over the world one kilt at a time. So, absolutely. Okay, thank you everybody for joining us. Much appreciated. Take Until care. Next time. Bye. Slanjava. Slanjava.
1: Slanjava. You looked at me like I had to say it.
0: Slanjava. Well, so now it's just awkward. Slaanjua. Well, I know I said bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. The theme song for Haggis Hunting is "The Banshee Gravel Walks" by Slancha. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, just send an email to sales at usakilts.com. And if you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, be sure to check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and over at our website, usakilts.com. If you like the show, it would mean a lot to us if you left a rating, since it helps new people find our show. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, sláinte